Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. The YouTube shooter, Nassim Adam. What's terrorism got to do with it? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, I'm sure by now you've heard all about the YouTube shooting uh, that occurred on April 3rd, 2018 at 12.46 in the afternoon. It occurred in um, San Bruno, California, which is near San Francisco, the headquarters of YouTube. And uh, a 38-year-old woman, Nassim Najafi Agdam, entered the headquarters, the campus, and um, started shooting people. She wounded three people, one critically, and then committed suicide, shot herself. Now, what is there? You may be thinking, okay, yes, that's great, but what does this have to do with terrorism? It is amazing that although, I mean, let me say, for right off, um, no, they have not said, ISIS hasn't claimed responsibility, and no, they have not said that this is a terrorist attack. In fact, that's one of the things that it has to do with terrorism, uh, that whenever there is an attack of some sort, whether it is a shooting attack or an explosion or something, the first thing that people say um, is that the authorities and the media say is to reassure us or to convince us that it was not an act of terrorism. Now, um, when you, one of the clues, and, and as, as I said, so far, I want to make it clear, so far I do not have any inside knowledge that um, it is connected to terrorism, that she was a terrorist, in other words. But um, just today, there was a police uh, spokesperson who said that um, they have, that they're, they are still trying to uh, determine whether this rises to the level of terrorism. So, you know, it's funny, they're kind of hedging their bets here, although they may well just mean uh, the way we use the word terrorism, not I, but the way that a lot of people use the word terrorism just to mean in general some kind of mass shooting or, you know, this was only three people, well, four people, but, um, but you know, it's been used too loosely, actually. So I am not sure about that, but what I do know is that, um, that this, this pattern, uh, I have railed against this before, this pattern of wanting to assure everyone it was not terrorism is a very dangerous thing to do because, um, first of all, it's going to be the boy who cried wolf at times, and then people will not know whether to believe them or not. And, and it's really, it's impossible. I mean, unless the person is carrying an ISIS flag um, or some other, uh, some other um, ISIS symbol, um, it's impossible just to look at it, to, you know, when you first, when this first happens, to say for sure that it's not related to terrorism. Now, it, what is, here are some tip-offs, you know, some, some signs um, when they, when the media, when the authorities don't say the person's name at first, like they didn't in this case, because Nassim uh, Adham, 
Nassim Najarif um, Adam certainly seems like a Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern name. It is. She came from Iran. And, um, and so, you know, people would, they don't want people jumping to conclusions. Uh, Nassim Najafi Adam. They don't want people jumping to conclusions and think, aha, that's a Middle Eastern name. She must be a terrorist. So they don't say her name. I mean, you know, it takes a little bit to know who she is. I mean, I, obviously, but um, but and then another little tip: uh, if it if it's going to be if if they if it actually is someone who they are concerned that if the identity got out, people might start jumping to conclusions that it's terrorism. Another thing that they do is not show a photo of the person if it is someone who is going to look Middle Eastern. I mean, we have seen this time and time again. So, I mean, obviously, if people, if people, I assume more, not just, I'm not just the only one who is picking up on this, that if there is a, an inordinate delay in terms of saying the name or showing the photo, uh, except for the fact, I mean, the photo gets out because if there are other people at the scene, they're the ones taking the photos and they put, you know, things on, on YouTube or on the internet in some form. Um, but as far as the authorities and the media, when they are hiding the name in the photo, you can bet that it's because it, they are trying not to let us jump to conclusions that it is, it is a terrorist. And one of the things that came out um, in regard to Nassim was that was reported at the very beginning in a few places and it has disappeared because i have been looking for it it did come out that she was wearing a headscarf now you know needless to say that did cause some people to think that she was a terrorist right or at least that she was in muslim dress and then jumped to the conclusions that she must be a terrorist um it's interesting she actually belongs to the baha'i religion um, she's not Muslim, and the Baha'i religion is a minority in Iran, where she came from, and she, um, they are discriminated against. So that's kind of ironic. Um, there are more connections to terrorism that I will tell you as I tell you more about this story. So um, the interesting thing uh, about this, well, there are a lot of interesting things. Um, but let me just tell you a little bit about her, because that's, that, is, that is the interesting thing. Um, she was born on April 5th, 1979. Now, um, and she died, she killed herself on April 3rd. So now, that is not a coincidence. Um, clearly, she was going to be turning 39. Uh, this seems to be something, this shooting of YouTube, and I'll explain why, but this seems to be something that she wanted to do for herself before she turned 39, a kind of birthday present, a kind of sick birthday present. But um, what this, what this uh, has to do with is her anger at YouTube for demonetizing and filtering and otherwise um, making it so that uh, there would be less viewers to the postings that she put up on YouTube. And, you know, so far, there, nothing has come out about her having any kind of job. She lives um, in, in San Diego with her grandmother. Her family lives in Menifee, California. And so it's all in Southern California. And, um, 
uh, you know, it has nothing has come out about her having a job. So it seems like she was living with her grandmother and spending her time. I mean, her job was YouTube. Uh, she was spending her time posting all kinds of videos and, and um, up on YouTube. And she, a lot of them had to do, I saw the videos before, before they took them down. Um, there's still some on the internet that you can find, but uh, they're, a lot of them, they're very, very strange. Clearly, as a psychiatrist, I can safely say that she has significant psychological problems, some mental illness, um, possibly manic depressive illness, possibly paranoid schizophrenia. She was paranoid because, yes, she was angry that they took down and, and uh, you know, uh, raised the age limit and so on, did all kinds of things to her videos so that less people could watch it. But her reaction, obviously, driving from San Diego to Northern California to shoot up YouTube is a reaction of someone who is mentally ill, um, if they are not a terrorist. And, um, it's, and, and it's paranoid because she took it as more of a personal affront than um, it was. I, I mean, there might have been some discrimination involved. I can't say that, not you know, for sure. But I do know that a lot of people, a lot of uh, people who post things on YouTube, have been very angry uh, about you know this demonetization. The, the whole thing is YouTube is trying to, uh, because of the government getting down on all the different social media sites, YouTube has been trying to make sure that there aren't extremist views. Um, you know, mainly to protect us from terrorism or terrorists putting propaganda up. And there might well actually have been some discrimination in terms of, you know, she, she did some of her videos in Farsi, and they may well have, uh, especially if they didn't have anyone who understood Farsi, some of them were in Turkish also because she had lived in Turkey for a while. Uh, there might be some of that involved, but she took it very personally and took it into her own hands. Um, one of the things that happened um, after after this came in, you know, broke in the news, was there were some people who, um, who actually uh, started, you know, especially once they heard her name and once they saw pictures, you know, her looking Middle Eastern, having a Middle Eastern name and so on, um, they, you know, jumped to the conclusions that she was a terrorist and, um, and put some, uh, put some troubling kinds of things on there, especially also when they found out soon after they found out that she was wearing a headscarf. Um, but some people wrote, uh, you know, they put, used the hashtag Islam. They posted pictures of Muslim women wearing the hijab. Um, they wrote, we'll hear one person uh, tweeted, oh, the irony. Jihadi Nassim Adam decided to attack YouTube on Love a Muslim Day. P.S. Do not believe the media. This was not a domestic dispute, and the religion of peace is not peaceful. And then um, this was shared countless times, thousands, um, and then other people called for Muslims to be kicked out of the country. Another person uh, wrote, called it. Um, so, you know, it, it was sort of a, an opening, and then, of course, that is the danger when you do show the picture or tell the name and so on. There will be people, bigoted people, who will take that opportunity to, um, to put things that are anti-Islam, anti-Muslim, and so on, on social media. But, but, and that's unfortunate, but that still does not obviate, uh, excuse the people from, from, um, 
giving details, identifying the shooter or the, or the person who, you know, whatever the attack is, uh, identifying who they are as soon as possible. Now, what's particularly interesting, and, and this is just something that um, is driving me nuts, um, it's such a sad story. I mean, fortunately, the people didn't die. The, the three victims, uh, I mean, other than Nassim herself, who killed herself, the three victims, uh, you know, they were hospitalized and so on, but they are recuperating. But um, what's, what's really sad is, in fact, in a way, she's sort of the, the most tragic figure. Because what happened was, um, on Monday, uh, oh, well, over the weekend, the weekend before, her family couldn't reach her. And so on Monday, her family called the police, reported her missing. They called the San Diego police originally, because that's where she was living. And they said that she was a, um, a, a, a risk, a high risk because she had never um, left home before and, you know, not told anyone where she was going. And so, you know, she was designated an at-risk missing person. And, you know, clearly it was because uh, the family must have realized um, that she had some psychological problems, mental problems. And so then it eventually, so then what happened is that was on Monday and then on Tuesday morning at 1.40 in the morning, the police um, near YouTube, uh, 30 to 15, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of controversial or, or conflicting reports on this whole uh, incident, but um, she was 15 to 30 miles from YouTube and from the headquarters. And, um, and her family called again and lo and behold, the police found her at 1.40 in the morning asleep in a car in a parking lot near Walmart. And now this is, there are varying accounts of what went on when the police uh, uh, roused her in her car. They supposedly identified the, the license plate of the car that the family must have given them. And so they had an idea that she was this missing person. And um, in some accounts, it was said that, they, that she wouldn't talk to them. In other accounts, it was said that she talked to them for 20 minutes. That's a big difference. Um, one of the, you know, I think the, the ex explanation is that she wouldn't answer their questions. That seems to be consistent, that she wouldn't answer their questions. So she may well have been speaking to them for 20 minutes. Um, and they say that she was calm. I mean, the police are covering their ass is what this is about. Uh, because they are trying to say that they were not told by the family that she could be violent or that this was, uh, you know, but that, I mean, first of all, the family didn't know that she had a gun, but they did tell them that she was, she hated YouTube, that she had traveled from San Diego, that when, she, when they called the family and the family uh, found out that she was so close to the YouTube headquarters, they said, they warned the police and said, you know, that, that uh, and the police said that they were going to keep an eye on her, which obviously they didn't. And um, so now the police are trying, you know, because I guess there, there's a lawsuit brewing, or could be, potential lawsuit, certainly, um, because they didn't watch her. And um, now, here's the interesting thing in terms of terrorism. Do you remember the trucker, um, the Tunisian immigrant in Nice, 
who plowed down the pedestrians on the promenade in Nice. Um, that was on Bastille Day, July 14th in 2016. Mohamed Boulel. I know these names are tough to pronounce, but what happened there was that um, police came, uh, um, came upon him. He was parked near the promenade, near the boardwalk. And they actually asked him what he was doing there. He was in this big truck. And he said that he was delivering ice cream or delivering ice, something like that. And they didn't arrest him or tell him to leave. And it was said afterwards that it was because of political correctness that he was a Tunisian um, immigrant and that they, the police didn't want to be blamed for, you know, um, treating, <laughs> treating a, an, an immigrant like that badly, making them leave the broadwalk. And so we know what happened, all the people who were killed and injured. Now, something similar happened here, because when the police found her sleeping in her car with these, with these all of these um, notices, her father, her brother, they were all calling the police in San Diego, in uh, Mountain View, you know, near, near um, YouTube, and, um, and, and telling them about this. And, and yet, yet, as I said, the police didn't, didn't do anything. Now, the police, she, they say that she didn't say anything about YouTube when they were talking to her, but probably those were the questions that she didn't answer. And so I think the same thing happened there. When they saw she was Middle Eastern, they didn't want to arrest her or bring her down to the station, or what they should have done at least was to bring her to a mental hospital, but they didn't do that. Now, you know, if she had been a white American-born woman, they would have brought her, I mean, he, he, she's a missing person. Okay, she's almost 39, but still, her family's very worried about her. She's at risk. You would normally take a person like that into the station. So, um, but they didn't. And, you know, and, and now she's dead. Um, and, and as I said, it's, it's a kind of, it's so public. Um, PC is getting us, it's, it's going to be the death of America. I have, political correctness is, is killing us and unfortunately killing Nassim. Um, so that's another way that terrorism was involved in this whole incident. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, other than the first people on social media who, when they did hear about uh, her name and her headscarf and saw pictures, you know, did put, so, there were some people, a minority, who put um, very nasty, bigoted, anti, or Islamophobic kinds of things on YouTube. Other than that, people really haven't given it much of a thought as far as what terrorism has to do with it. But so far, I've been talking about not only, um, you know, how when something happens that the authorities and the police and the media, you know, go out of their way to say it's not terrorism, like they did here. Um, and as, as I said, they don't say the name, they don't show the photo. Uh, if it is going to be somebody who we're going to be likely to jump to the conclusions is a terrorist, uh, the headscarf was a key factor there that, you know, made people go, aha. Um, and, um, and I was just talking about how uh, the police could have prevented this whole incident if they had taken her in uh, to the police station. They knew that she was an at-risk missing person 
her brother, her father, had been calling the police in San Diego, um, in Mountain View, near YouTube, um, and they did nothing. And at the very least, they should have um, taken her to a, an emergency room, because certainly if they were with her for 20 minutes, as they are claiming, not that I believe that 100%, because if they, well, they can't win, really, because if they were with her for 20 minutes, and they couldn't tell that she had mental illness, then that's their bad. I mean, then clearly, and this is true anyhow, we do know that from so many, you know, so many people who were shot who shouldn't have been, um, we know that the police do not know how to recognize mental illness. So, um, but it was because they were being PC, uh, because she looked like a Middle Eastern woman, she might well have said that she was from Iran, and they didn't want to be uh, thought of as being prejudiced. Um, but as I said, if it had been a Caucasian woman born in America, they would have taken her, probably taken her to the station because she was an at-risk missing person, but at the very least taken her to an emergency room to be checked out uh, by a psychiatrist. So, um, and, and, you know, I was mentioning about the man in Nice where we, that, the fact that they didn't, for the same reason, PC reasons, didn't get hit, tell him to get off the promenade, even though there weren't supposed to be any trucks on the promenade. We've seen the, the result of that. Now, I know what you're thinking. Um, there is, first of all, it is very unusual for women to um, create attacks using guns. So, you know, one excuse that the police could have would be that, um, that they didn't think she was going to be dangerous because she was a woman. And in fact, the statistics show that there are far fewer women um, who do mass shootings um, or who are active shooters than men. So an FBI study from 2014 showed that out of um, 160 um, active shooters, in the U.S. between 2000 and 2013, there were only six who were women. And um, also a study um, in, from, in 2014 and 2015, only three of 42 active shooters during those years were women. So yes, there are fewer women who are active shooters. Uh, and, and typically, these are women who, uh, where it relates to uh, being jilted, a woman scorned, who, um, uh, you know, is, is, feels so uh, strongly about what happened to her that she uses, you know, what's typically a man's tool, um, a, a gun. And in fact, it is, um, it is sort of naturally a man's tool uh, because it's a phallic symbol. A gun is a phallic symbol. And it is a strong way of killing people, a brutal way. It's an impersonal way. Whereas women would more typically uh, try to work things out, use words, you know, or, or so like for, and interestingly, Nassim actually did try to do that. She kept calling YouTube and she kept talking to them about how she was not happy that they were demonetizing her YouTube uh, posts. And they were, you know, um, making the age, she, she was doing, she, she was doing very strange posts. So they were all sort of different, a lot of things about being a vegan, 
um, there were these exercise videos that she did that they, that's where she, they raised the age limit because they didn't think it was appropriate for children. And she was very angry about that. She listed some celebrity women and she said, you know, they do things that are much more sensual or sexual than I do. Although, you know, her, her exercise videos were a little strange. Um, and, but in any case, she did try to work it out. She did call them and she wasn't getting anywhere. And that was finally, you know, what drove her to um, that, plus her paranoia, um, is what drove her to, to finally go to YouTube and um, create a, a mass shooting. Um, you know, women also, and this is significant for, for um, her, um, that women, women also typically don't use guns for um, suicide. They use, you know, usually typically pills or something much softer than a gun. A gun is a very brutal, masculine kind of way of uh, getting one's point across. So, so um, you know, so yes, if the police want to say, which undoubtedly they probably will, that, you know, uh, well, not only are they saying that the family didn't say that she was violent, but they're trying to say that, you know, they will say that they didn't expect her because she was a woman and so on. Um, they also, if they would have looked in the car, they would have found her gun. If they would have called YouTube, the headquarters, and warned them, that would have helped as well. And they didn't do any of these things. Now, what's particularly connected to terrorism is that terrorists have been more and more trying to recruit women to be terrorists, not just to be brides of terrorists, but to be active shooters and to be suicide bombers and so on. And one of the reasons why they do this is because women are less suspected of being a terrorist or being, um, you know, being someone who would commit violence. And so it's also uh, said to be a way of trying to embarrass the men, you know, to get more men to join ISIS. Um, so, you know, so in all of these different ways, um, again, I just want to, you know, the, um, the, all of these different ways that you, that you might not have thought of, uh, indeed, even if it turns out, I mean, ISIS hasn't claimed responsibility yet, to my knowledge, uh, which is a little surprising <laughs> that um, since they claim responsibility for everything, and then if it turns out, you know, if it can't be proven that the person was influenced or really connected to ISIS, uh, no harm, no foul, they tried, right? Um, but so far they haven't claimed it, at least not that they is being reported in the media. Um, so, but again, let me remind you, you know, I, I hold out, just like with um, Stephen Paddock, in Las Vegas, I am not yet convinced that it has nothing to do with terrorism. But in any case, we will, so we will still see, we should not uh, close the door on the possibility that um, for Nassim, uh, 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 it's so hard to pronounce your name, Adam, Nassim Adam, um, we shouldn't close the door on the fact that it could possibly be even more inspired at least by terrorism, that yes, indeed, she was angry at YouTube, but has she ever, uh, I'm sure they took away, they, they, um, the FBI took things from her San Diego home and from her parents' home, and um, you know, presumably computers. Uh, certainly, you know, obviously she has a computer, that's how she's posting all these YouTube videos, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to see if in fact there were any um, 
viewings on her computer of any kinds of ISIS or Al-Qaeda, any kinds of uh, propaganda sort of videos that may have given her um, the encouragement, even though it wasn't per se, um, you know, on behalf of ISIS, but could well have given her the encouragement, especially since she may well have seen women being terrorists, may have given her the uh, encouragement to go to YouTube headquarters and create this mass shooting. So um, thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.